Hello and welcome to Christmas Clatter Podcast, the podcast that discusses everything that makes Christmas special. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Christmas Clatter. Follow us on Twitter at Clatter Podcast. Send us an email at christmasclatterpodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at christmasclatterpodcast.com. Welcome again to Christmas Clatter. I'm Todd Killian. I hope everybody is making the best of the shelter in place that's going on. I hope everybody is healthy and well. I hope if you are at home that uh, you're not driving your family crazy and you've found plenty of projects to do and things to scratch off the honeydew lists and we're just making the best of it as we all can. Uh, My regular nine to five has me still working. So not a lot's changed around here, except I come home to four kids that have been pent up for three weeks. No school till, I guess, fall when it's supposed to start back up. Other than that, we're all healthy and well here. Just want to let you guys know that uh, since Shelter in Place has been going on, I've made a few appearances here and there on other podcasts. I was part of the... um, April Fool's Day special for Tis the Podcast. I also was involved in one of their Patreons only fireside chats. Um, if you're interested in hearing the Patreon show, just go to uh, patreon.com slash Tis the Podcast. Subscribe for a dollar or as little as a dollar. Then you can listen to that episode and all the other bonus content they have there. And they have been filling the Patreon page up the past month or so also did a couple episodes of Christmas past was part of a two truths and a lie game, uh, with Brian Earl, uh, and Jerry Davila. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Also did a, uh, round table discussion on the 1968 Dean Martin's Christmas special. And more recently I was a part of a bonus episode for the sleigh bells and mistletoe podcast. And you guys can check that out wherever great podcasts are found. And I also want to let you guys know that uh, a brand new Christmas podcast has been launched. It's by our friend uh, Jerry D., Jerry Davula. He has started Totally Rad Christmas. It's a Christmas podcast that is diving into all the bodacious trends of the 1980s uh, with focus on Christmas. All the toys, the hair, the music, the movies, a lot happened in the 80s, a lot of fantastically weird things, a little teaser, I'm not sure when, but a few episodes from now, a few weeks from now, you might be hearing a familiar voice on one of those episodes. Also, I'd like to remind you guys, please go to Apple Podcasts or Facebook, leave a five-star review for us there. That really helps the podcast out uh, tremendously. And when we get to 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts, there will be a big giveaway for all the listeners. And also coming up uh, May 15th, so a month from today, if you're listening to this the day it releases on April 15th, on May 15th will be the one-year anniversary of Christmas Clatter Podcast. Can't believe it's been a year already. It's it's flown by. It's been great. We'll have a little bit of 
special show planned. And I'd like to hear from you guys. Either email me at christmasclatterpodcast at gmail.com or send me a direct message on any of the social medias. Let me know what was one of your favorite things about the podcast this past year. What was a favorite segment, favorite interview, favorite moment, what the podcast, uh, what you like about the podcast, even if there's something you didn't like. I'd like to hear that too. So I'd like to get your feedback on the first year of Christmas Clatter. Just tell me what you think. Uh, again, just send me an email, christmasclatterpodcast at gmail.com, or just direct message me on any of the social medias. So let's move on and conclude our recast, miscast of the Santa Claus. To catch everybody up on the recast, miscast for the Santa Claus, this new segment I started last month. The goal is to take classic Christmas movies, recast them with modern actors who we want to see in those roles. Again, this isn't something I'm endorsing. It's just something to talk about that relates to Christmas, and it does stir up quite the conversation. The first movie I tackled on this was 1994's The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. The main recasting on there, I had cast Chris Pratt as Scott Calvin slash Santa Claus. I got Anthony and Tom over at Tiz the Podcast, all in a tizzy. Anthony suggested Steve Carell. Tom suggested Jason Bateman. And listener Brandon has suggested David Harbour as Scott Calvin slash Santa Claus. So after much debate on that episode and hearing Anthony and Tom I decided to take those four suggestions and put them to another poll on Facebook to see which you guys thought would be the best Scott Calvin. Now, Anthony and Tom and Brandon, they did list the other characters I recast. In fact, I think Anthony and Tom probably did a few more, but those weren't quite as uh, debatable as Scott Calvin was. So I put Chris Pratt, Steve Carell, Jason Bateman, and David Harbour all up for a vote. It was pretty obvious early on. It was a, a two-person race with Chris Pratt, Steve Carell, uh, really pulling ahead on that. Last I looked, there was a winner by a slim three-vote margin. Well, Anthony, I'm not sure if I should be happy or sad about this, but it might be Tom and Julia that might have to suffer the effects of your inflated ego. But uh, congratulations, sir. Steve Carell is now the new Scott Calvin slash Santa Claus of Christmas Clatters recast, miscast of 1994's The Santa Claus. I'll be having a new recast, miscast segment uh, coming up on the May 15th episode. And the movie I'm going to do for that, well, if you want to know, Head over to that Tis the Podcast Patreon page, patreon.com slash Tis the Podcast. Lay a dollar down and listen to that episode. I let their Patreons know early what movie I am recasting next. Now it's time for something I like to call Christmas Observations. (laughs) 
It's a crazy time we're living through. So much uncertainty, only complicated by us having to sort through the good and the bad information, leaving us less time and energy to take appropriate action. Stress and worried have piled up on top of one another, causing people to reach out for something stable, something joyful, something that provides hope. Hope allows us to push forward, even when truth is distorted by the people in power. A quote by Brian Stevenson. People are turning to Christmas. News stories have popped up on how people are decorating for Christmas while sheltering in their home. How radio stations in St. Louis, Detroit, Salt Lake City, Phoenix, Denver, and other cities have switched to Christmas programming. Even the Hallmark Channel had switched to a Christmas movie marathon. So why Christmas? Christmas has become our yearly reset. We get caught up in the joy of giving and the comfort of the company of those we love. So much so that we release ourselves from the burden of the year and we embrace fondly looking ahead while at the same time savoring every moment of the now. We love who we become at Christmas. We honor those who are no longer with us. We give generously. We draw closer to those we already hold close. We stay up late into the night with our room only illuminated by Christmas lights. And in that quiet moment, we reflect inward, we meditate, we pray, we bring our hearts to peace. So why Christmas? Christmas isn't just only an escape from our daily troubles. Christmas is the return home after a long journey. We find comfort in the warmth of its familiar traditions, peace in its quiet glow, and hope in its spirit. new segment of Christmas Clatter. Last month, I introduced it as Christmas Clatter's album pick of the week of the month or something like that. I didn't have a great name for it. I turned to you guys on Facebook and asked you for a clever, better name. You guys really came through. The most obvious name hit me right between the eyes. It's like, why didn't I see that myself? So we've renamed the segment, Do You Hear What I Hear? It's just a monthly segment where I take a Christmas album, break it down song by song, because I believe the joy of a full album has been lost to playlists. We will do anything and everything. It doesn't have to be an old vinyl record, even though I prefer those. It can be new stuff. I'm sure there'll be a lot of great music coming out this Christmas, and we will dive into some of that stuff as I see fit. And I'll tell you what. My first album I covered was Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas from 1994, and that was easy one to pick. And then figured I'd have my second one lined up, but I didn't. I was kind of unsettled on one I was going to do. I had a few I was tossing my head around, and then the uh, very sad news of the passing of Kenny Rogers hit, and I knew then I needed to cover a Kenny Rogers Christmas album. 
and he has about a handful, three or four, five, maybe. Which one to cover was the next question. And uh, going through them, I decided to cover his very first one, Kenny Rogers Christmas, released 1981 on Liberty Records, actually reached number 10 on the country charts. In 1981, Kenny Rogers was really at the height of his powers, if you will. Lucille was a big hit. The Gambler was a big hit. And he was coming into his own, getting ready to roll through the early and mid-80s as the powerhouse country slash pop artist. He kind of blended his genres very well and crossed over and cut uh, country charts and pop charts. This is our look at Kenny Rogers Christmas. One of the cool things about Kenny Rogers Christmas is it's got um, four original songs on there and then some covers of some Christmas classic, not quite what you would deem a classic, I guess, because they're not covered regularly. If you remember back when we talked about Mariah Carey, she started off her album with Silent Night, a slow song. Talked about how unusual that was. Well, it's so unusual, I guess, that uh, Kenny Rogers had did it in 1981 too. But his was a little bit more of a challenge because even though Silent Night's a slow song and that's typically not how Christmas albums start off, it is a very familiar song, which kind of brings you in. But Kenny Rogers not only opens Christmas with a, a slow song, but he also opens it with a brand new original song. That's a lot to ask. So you have to be real confident in the song, which Christmas Every Day is a fantastic song, but just listen to how it opens. He was born so far away So the story's told Yeah, that's classic Kenny Rogers. He just brings you in with that voice and with that growly vibrato throat sound. Listen to it again. He was born so far So the story's told. Tell me when you hear that, you're just not automatically locked into what he's going to say next. Kenny Rogers has this great storyteller's voice. He's a great singer, but he's also got this great storyteller's voice where you just want to hang on every word he's going to say. And all the way through Christmas every day, he just talks about, uh, to quote the song, keep Christmas in our hearts, then it's Christmas every day. Just telling everybody, you know, just hold on to that spirit of Christmas. The cool thing about this uh, this opening track, I think, is just that instant grab you by, by the horns that Kenny does with his voice where you just get locked in on that. Another original song has number two, Kentucky Homemade Christmas. This one's uh, a little bit more straightforward uh, country Christmas sound more so than probably anything else on on the album it's also kind of i call it a uh and this isn't a technical term it's just what i call it i call it this one a love fool song i call it love fool uh, because of the song by the cardians you guys remember that song love Fool's a happy sounding song but man if you read the words it's it's quite depressing and dark and terrible and uh i'm sure there's more technical term for that or or something to call it i always call it a loveful song but the kentucky homemade christmas is one of those songs that uh just listening to it without listening to what he's singing about it it sounds happy it's just another
it's really not. It's about a guy who loses his job in the in the coal mines and has no money for any kind of gifts for his uh kids for Christmas and he's depressed by it, but he's gonna hand make them some gifts, which I guess is kind of a happy ending and kind of a, a moral of uh Christmas is doesn't matter uh, what you have to offer as far as uh, purchases and gifts. It's the thought that counts, but this is a, just a classic Kenny Rogers uh, style country song. Then he moves on to a very closer to traditional uh, version of Carol of the Bells, where we actually get layers of Kenny Rogers singing, where he sings one part and then they layer another part of him singing a different part over top of it. Seems like there's uh, more than one Kenny Rogers. Listen through some of his songs over the past month or so. I don't, I don't recall there being another song where he does that. If there is, it's very subtle. This is a great version of Carol of the Bells. It starts real traditional, but then it kind of builds into this, I don't want to say rock style, but more modern sound because the bass and the drums really kick in and then the strings kind of give way to the electric guitar and then they kind of meet at this great place towards the end where they both have their part to fill. Every Next up is the uh, third original song called Kids, and this is just, this song's just pure nostalgia. Christmas is for kids. Look around and you will see kids from one to ninety-three, laughing, loving life, and being kids. It just moves through the stages of life of how people enjoy Christmas from kids, and this is a very Kenny Rogers song. He just gives us all that he has with his voice and that and that same kind of uh, storyteller quality that he displayed in Christmas Every Day. Sweet little Jesus boy again, Kenny. Showing us how well he can tell a story through his song. This song uh, moves more gospel side. Told us how, and we are a trying. Master, you done showed us how. Even when you were dying, it just seems like cool to hear Kenny do a little gospel music on a Christmas album. And then if you have this on vinyl. You flip to side two, and in my opinion, side two is a little bit tighter, a little bit better. It's more cohesive. Uh, the songs are kind of in the same vein. Um, there's not a, a lot of variation as far as tone or styling, but this side two is really incredible. starts off with the final uh, original song of the album. Christmas is my favorite time of year. Christmas is my favorite time of year. I don't have a lot to say about this song. I like it. As far as musically, there's not a lot of, I don't want to say not interesting things. It's just kind of straightforward. I mean, it's a, it's a good start to a second side. That's about all I can say about it. I mean, there wasn't anything. I listened to it several times. There wasn't anything that just reached out and grabbed me. I guess every song on an album is just not going to be blow your socks off. But I mean, like I said, I like the song. It's not that I don't like it. It's just nothing just really grabbed me as special. Then we move on to Kenny's version of White Christmas. Dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know 
this song is layered with those Christmas sounds that accents you want to hear in a song. There's these uh, bells and chimes and these fluttering strings and woodwinds. And, and it just has this Christmas feel. As soon as you hear it, it just sounds and feels like Christmas. The bass player on this song is very busy, which is very cool. You don't get that a lot on White Christmas. And I'm dare to say that this version of White Christmas is very, very underrated. I don't know if anybody has a top 10 list of versions of White Christmas out there, but this version of White Christmas by Kenny Rogers definitely needs to be on that list. Next up is Favorite Things. Uh, it's a lot like uh, White Christmas. Uh, it's got all that fluttering strings and bells and chimes and woodwinds and stuff in it. I say this quite a bit, but if you listen to bass player, he's playing a root and a fifth on the song a lot, which is a, a real traditional and real common in country, especially uh, country played through the late 60s through the early 80s. It wasn't until about the mid-90s where the bass player started coming alive in country music, which kind of gives this uh, My Favorite Things a little bit of a country feel, but it's not crazy over the head country. It just has this little subtle country, a lot like Kenny Rogers' other songs. They just they were country, but they weren't deep, deep country. Didn't have all the twang with them, which I think made them more accessible for people that weren't necessarily big country music fans. In Oh Holy Night, Kenny inter introduces us to a choir with this song. And again, as I said before, the second side, as far as the sound stays really tight together, it's got more of those uh, fluttering woodwinds in it. Again, just like White Christmas, this is a very, very underrated version of Oh Holy Night. Here several months ago, I got to be a part of a Tinsel Tunes episode where I got to pick the song. I picked Oh Holy Night and I had to do a top five list of my favorite versions of Oh Holy Night. And if I would have remembered this or would have ran across this version of Oh Holy Night, it would have at least made the honorable mentions if not been on the top five list. That's how good this version is and then kenny closes out the album when when a child is born starts off with this uh flute and piano playing and then the the bass is doubling up uh, what the piano is playing a ray of hope flickers in the sky it's a very cool song not necessarily a christmas song Kind of like Favorite Things isn't really a Christmas song. McKinney here's talking the songs about how every child being born is is a miracle and, and is considered hope for our future. Just a good, solid way to end a Christmas album. The whole album as a whole focuses on family and keeping the spirit of Christmas in our hearts all the time. It's kind of the through line and the message of the album as the songs were put together. Kenny Rogers Christmas is is a it's a great Christmas album, especially if you love Kenny Rogers. I grew up with Kenny Rogers in my house a lot. I believe Lucille might have been the first song I knew every word to as a kid. I can't say that positively, but I'm 
I'm pretty sure it was because I never know not knowing that song. But Kenny Rogers Christmas, I dare to say, uh, we talked about lists before through all this. Kenny Rogers Christmas as a whole album definitely deserves top 10 considerations for greatest Christmas album. There's not a bad song on here. There's songs that are not as great as other songs, but the great songs are so good. It's silly. You can find it on Spotify or Google or Apple Music or Amazon, wherever you guys, you guys get a chance. Uh, listen to Kenny Rogers Christmas. You won't be disappointed. Thank you for listening to Christmas Clatter. Again, please join us on Facebook and Instagram at Christmas Clatter Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Clatter Podcast. Email us at Christmas Clatter Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at Christmas Clatter Podcast.com. Please leave a rating and review on Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts at. And as always, keep Christmas hope alive every day. Thank you for listening to the Christmas Podcast Network.